So the three of us are back together again, and that's very nice. And I thought it would be a good opportunity to see if we've learned anything from our writing lives that we could share. Uh, So we have talked previously about writing advice we hate, and that was quite fun. But I was wondering if there was any writing advice that stuck or that has actually been helpful. And two things come to mind for me. Uh, One is um, from Stephen King, and I'm thinking about it especially at the moment. He said in one of his books, I think it was on writing, to write with the door closed and edit with the door open which I think is really interesting. You get your story down how you want it. Don't talk about it to anybody else. Don't be influenced. Just tell your story. And then you will get feedback and that might influence your editing and how the final story uh, pans out. But at least it's the story that you wanted to tell. That's his point, which I like. And the second one is much more recent. One of my friends at Plymouth, uh, Alicia, I'll name check her here. Um, her her motto for writing is simple, it's brutal, and it's effective. She just says, shut up and write. And I celebrate that. Just shut up and write. Get on with it. What do you think, Fotis? Uh, to add to what um, uh, um, oh, Stephen King said, uh, Bernardine Evaristo also in her most recent YouTube video uh, says uh, feedback is essential and but ask for constructive criticism not praise <laughs> I think it's important uh, I guess when you share your writing with someone to um, cl- clarify that that you're really not looking for praise praise is good it's good for confidence I think she says that about building the self-confidence that you can have as a writer uh, confidence in your own writing that's that's a that's a skill that you develop uh, along the years uh, she certainly said that she doesn't believe you either have it or you don't you have to learn that kind of thing um, and I guess this is um, this relates to that and I, I agree 100% I always <clears throat> everyone you know when I said something of my work most people will be very kind and they will say something nice about it <clears throat> But uh, in the end, you really want to find out how you, or, or do you? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how you guys feel. Do you really want to hear, oh, this is something you could do better? But I, I think I do. I think it's we either seek something to improve it because you know it's not ready, it's not perfect or anything. Um, so how else do you improve if you don't, if you're not open to constructive criticism? And uh, do you agree that this is part of writing? I think it has to be. Um... I think everybody needs someone in their life who will tell them with all sincerity and really mean it that what they've just read of your writing is the best thing they've ever read in the world. Everybody needs that. But you just need one. And then you need some people who know what they're talking about, who can give you some feedback on the structure, on the content, on the plot, on the character development, and not whether your comma's in the wrong place or you should have used a different heading or anything like that. Um, it's finding the right people, isn't it? Can I add a few, a few more things, and you can you can pick out uh, and you know uh, direct where you want the answers from what I saw in this uh, YouTube video today, because I think she spoke a lot of the things I really usually think about. Um, she talked about um, writing is about 
uh, understanding the psychological insight of, 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 of your character. And I think when I think about the way she spoke about writing, there is a before, um, before, during and after process to writing, which is before is when you're starting to construct the, the, the book, the story, the idea. So how do you write? This is uh, one process. How do you think about your writing? Then there is the middle of the process where how do you actually go about it? Dialogue, narrative structures, narrative tools. Uh, how do you how do you produce this? Um, and then you have the after, which is the editing, I think. Uh, how do you finalize it? When do you know the book is ready? She talked about all, the, all of these things and she mentioned narrative structure, narrative tools, as I already said. But one thing, one thing she said and said it very early is find books that connect with you. Uh, and I think we've all expressed uh, at different times that we, you know, who are the authors we really like. And she said something very interesting at some point, which really uh, allowed me to feel better about myself. She says in the beginning, um, you don't, you know, you may find your voice 10, 15 years into your career. You can't really expect to find your voice in one or two years. And sometimes when you write in the beginning, you might imitate those that you read a lot. And that's not a bad thing. Uh, the, the point is that you try to write and tell your story, even if you're imitating someone else's voice, because they will influence you. Uh, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's through that kind of uh, process where you, I guess, you go through the muddled water, and then on the other side, you probably, you know, uh, figure out how you will. Uh, your voice comes through. I guess you construct a voice as you go along. Uh, and another thing she said was uh, learn uh, when, uh, how to get inspired, you know, learn to teach yourself to get inspired when you want to get inspired. Because she says, I can't write now, when, I, when I'm cycling, she says, I can't, uh, <laughs> I can't write down my thoughts. So it's useless <laughs> to get my inspiration then. So she said, she, she's finding ways. So when she sits down in the laptop to write, that's when the inspiration comes. And that's something one needs to teach themselves. So mm. that's another point I think was very interesting to hear. Instead of know waiting for the muse, there's no yes. muse that will descend upon you. You've now got that you said muse, he says use real people, uh, use everything around you as inspiration and have many muses, not only one. Uh, anyone can become a character in your book, which Karina has explicitly said that she does that <laughs> <laughs> in the past. Uh, uh, with all, uh, you know, uh, she does it with... Um, with much with gusto, not not uh, uh, not in a bad way. And uh, curiosity is essential, she said. And uh, I guess know what you want to write about. Uh, I think she says I have many ideas. How do I know which idea to focus on? And she said uh, it's the ones that really interest me. It's the it's the topic that uh, has the most juice in it, I guess, because every idea can be interesting to become a book, but can you actually chase it? Can you explore it? Uh, so these are the things that I I, I think a lot um, about, and especially the inspiration thing made me think, how do I actually train myself to be inspired when, um, when I sit down and not just when I walk on the street to go to the supermarket? Hmm. That's a really nice idea to get into the habit of being inspired. That's basically what she's saying. To um, be able to find that kind of motivation and inspiration at any point. Yeah. I, I mean, that kind of, I sort of came off this exercise in preparing for this episode by sort of producing my own bits of advice for myself. And, and one of them is very much attached to that idea of 
kind of allowing yourself to be inspired and be curious and be surprised by things it's kind of like being a child again it's like mm. having that bit of naivety and just you know not being all-knowing and yeah and, and cynical and all this sort of stuff it's it's a kind of uh, yeah you're just open open to things in a way that perhaps kind of I don't know your age or your experiences might have kind of stopped you being so it's like stepping outside of yourself stop being that grim persona perhaps and be the kind of uh smiling doe-eyed what is this sort of mm. um mindset and, and kind of taking inspiration from anything anything creative that one of the big things for me is i've been watching uh portrait art, well i've always watched a portrait artist, artist artist of the year and i get so much out of that for my writing which is just really bizarre because this is people doing portraits but they all have these different techniques uh, these different approaches and they all have different outputs and none of them seem too encumbered by am I doing this right am I you know and um, while it seemed like what they're producing is so different from a novel but actually any bit of writing any bit of prose any bit of you know we've talked about the different formats different styles it can all turn out so different in the same way that a portrait can turn out so different someone mm. could be doing it with charcoal someone could be doing it with biro someone could be doing it with oil paint you know it's also different it could be a tiny framed picture it could be a massive framed picture so mm. i think that's a big one for me is kind of being receptive to people's creativity in so many ways and yeah that be inspired allow yourself to be inspired and surprised mm. and to ask questions and be thinking about things for me the big one with writing is just to always have things going through your head i know we've talked previously about one of the things we feel like we've lost with covid is this people watching, hearing conversations, mm -hmm. snippets, seeing life happening. Um, that's always really, you know, going for walks. I'm, I'm always just, you know, whatever is going on, all my senses are kind of uh, engaged. And if, if I'm in, if I'm thinking about writing, anything could creep in there, mm -hmm. what's around me or what's going through my head. So It's putting yeah. yourself in a state where you're open to accepting inspiration as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and that's why I say sort of allow yourself to be inspired. Um, I think some people feel like they need to, I don't know, like I said earlier, it's almost like stepping outside of yourself sometimes, you know. You don't want to feel like um, naive or, or, you know, but sometimes that can be quite a good place. It's a very good place for any, uh, with any um, kind of, uh, I would say with any male uh, in a in a hierarchy, and um, I've always found it useful to basically just pretend like they're teaching me something. Mm -hmm. uh, men love to talk down to people, uh, so <laughs> it's always been very useful. Um, so yeah, just getting that mindset of asking questions and just being curious mm -hmm. about things. I've had some really dull conversations, and then come away from them going, "I'm writing that down because th that couldn't have been just the sheer boredom that I experienced there." brought something out of it that I just need to capture on the page it's true actually there's all sorts of situations where you might you might be too busy caught up in the moment to be anything other than um I don't know outraged perhaps to to see its potential I, I remember a few years ago we were out walking somewhere maybe we're around the South Downs somewhere. I'd never been there before. I can't even remember where it is. And we'd missed a turning and we stopped by this um, older woman who was outside her house 
and we just said oh um can you point us in the direction of whatever the name of the path was and she just kept saying did you come down the path through the trees we said well I, I guess so. Um, I don't know, but we're looking for this path. Did you come down the path through the trees? I was thinking, what difference does it make where we came from? We're talking about where we are going. And she was so disgusted with us. She, she just kept saying, you stupid girls, you stupid. She was so rude. She just kept, oh, stupid, don't know what you're doing. Like, wow. And, you know, some people in our group were were outraged they were angry how dare she some of them were upset it's like oh I've been offended I thought this was brilliant I was laughing I was ready to pull out a notebook and a pen and just be poised while she was offending us your um, life is uh, richer for that encounter absolutely even if, even if she was pretty hideous yeah she was memorable though she was fully yeah. memorable so you could you can choose your response if you're a writer then you have to look for things that are going to provoke a response i think and then use them yeah and it doesn't always have to be heightened or extreme it can be incredibly mundane yeah but it's kind of taking the minute just really examining them um i mean this is very much from my kind of subjective ex the way i work and my mind is kind of constantly racing with things but that's how I am. Every encounter, there's there's something, there's a look, there's something there that I take away and store somewhere and then eventually I come back to. If anything, I wish I could be slightly less receptive to that stuff and just be a bit more focused. There comes a point, doesn't it, when it's distracting and yeah. you can't put all of this into your piece of writing. Yeah, maybe I attach too much mm. to a look that someone's given. I think, oh, that's brilliant. How do I capture that? How do I? And actually, it's, it's almost too nuanced. Um, yeah yeah uh one other bit of advice I, I i've said before i'm not too fan of too much of a fan of kind of rigid prescriptive frameworks for these things although i've laid one out for myself but that's fine i'm allowed to be hypocrite uh one i do like is arrive late and leave early and the kind of approach to writing scenes mm -hmm. um i've said that before maybe that's because i'm a bit lazy with it and it means less writing but for me i just love that approach of, um, you know, not not giving too much away. And even if that means you've written the scene and then you come to it and then when you're redrafting it or editing it, you go, I can cut that first chunk out, I can mm -hmm. cut that end out. But it's this um, approach of just, yeah, you don't need to give too much away. You don't need to reveal too much. It can Things can be more demonstrative than perhaps you, you think. Um, yeah, no, definitely. I think the reader, the reader can figure things out as well. They don't need to be told everything. I know um, Fotis has given me some feedback before, which I have taken on board about have I over described a room, and it's important because that isn't the most important thing. Well, no, it, it's not usually the most important thing. So. Are you distracting? Are you giving the reader too much? Do they need some space to create something in their minds themselves? Um, the answer is probably yes. Give them some space, and then the they readers all attach something more to a yeah. Than you anyway, you'll have your bits that you you. I don't know. You've impressed yourself with that that sentence or that that paragraph or exactly. that that moment, but actually, you might you know get someone to read it and they might barely notice it. 
which is one of the things I've definitely picked up from reading lots of different articles, longer, more long reads, um, news pieces versus reading novels and reading screenplays and stuff like that. It's, it is based on a very subjective experience of the reader. And I noticed that I'll be reading, I'm reading John the Carry at the minute. And, um, there's definitely bits that I, I'd never write like that, but Mm. I'm not thinking, oh, but why did he do it? He was wrong for doing it that way. And yet there's other bits I think, oh, I wish I could write in that way. And yet I'm not coming away from the experience, marking him down because of the the sentences that didn't quite grab me, but actually he's just trying to capture certain things or or give you certain details. Mm. Um, To me, it's maybe done in a way that I wouldn't do it, but actually, um, you know, I don't think if I went to someone else and we start talking about Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, we would be going over that same sentence going, yeah, why did he do that? Why did he give us so much detail in that sentence? You're talking about the overall, it's an overall experience. Yeah, yeah. I, um, in, in that in that comment, I think I always make it clear that this is how I read. And uh, I just try to, you know, because I think when we, when we give constructive uh, feedback, I think I always like to place it in a certain context that I usually struggle um, when people go into a lot of, um, you know, um, uh, into descriptive uh, parts of the writing, which is, I see it happening everywhere. It's not like it's it's not something odd to do in, in novels. So when I give the feedback, I always give it from my from, from my perspective and always, as I said, uh, from a second language perspective that sometimes it, it creates some challenges for me uh, in other ways, in, in imagining, you know, in making associations and creating the, the images. If, if I read that translated in Greek, maybe I wouldn't have made that comment. So that's always interesting to think about as well, I think, when uh, and that's why I make it clear when I, when I provide that feedback. Um, one of the things that... Uh, look for when I'm when I'm reading it's always trying to deconstruct essentially how something is written uh, when I, it's I try to do that by reading essays sometimes I try to learn how people read books to see the views that they get from uh, mm-hmm. from from reading a book and what uh, writing says to them uh, and one of my favorite authors is doing that very very well he adds his own comments his own perception of the reading and I think uh that's where I've received um, I, I let it guide me sometimes uh, in how I want my book to be perceived and I think this is my own sort of feedback uh, this is my the rule I've created for myself uh, maybe I shouldn't be doing that too much but I am trying to understand what the meaning might be uh, of something that I try to write and that guides the writing a lot at certain stages Sometimes I feel it's wrong because you're trying to control what you're writing a lot. Instead, uh, just write and see where that takes you and, and let you know other people make the associations themselves. Um, but I do try to see when, when I read essays, I do try to see where people feel like, oh, this was too, um, too con- contrived, you know, uh, it didn't come off well, it didn't finish properly. For example, um, uh, this author is commenting on, on, on books that have either an ending or a gesture, a gesture towards an ending. Mm-hmm. So um, what would you do when you write? Do you want an ending? Do you want to be um, uh, an idea of an ending? Do you want 
the, the, the readers to, to have uh, to finish the book. Um, so, uh, and I always try to discover how I feel about these things when I read in essays. So that will essentially, in the end, uh, affect my read, my writing a lot. Uh, in, in in this particular instance, I think I'm somewhere in the middle. <laughs> I definitely want to have a closure to the story, but not with a resolution that uh, defines the story in one way or another. I think life is not like that, and and I don't want to do that. Well, if it makes you feel better, I think you're in good company with how you approach reading, how you approach your own writing. So I came across this essay today, I Didn't Know I Possessed, by Virginia Woolf called How Should One Read a Book? And she says a novel is basically an attempt to make something as formed and controlled as building. But words are more impalpable than bricks. Um, For her, there's such a difficult attempt to construct or reconstruct an impression or a scene or uh, a relationship or a tone or a vision that you can you can work it so hard you can you can make so much effort technically that you lose the emotion and she said this is what marks out the really good writers and her examples are Hardy and Jane Austen and Daniel Defoe but um what they do is they create a world and that world is consistent with itself and the emotion is there all throughout and I think that's what you were saying that you um you're trying to say something you're trying to think about the feeling or the message that you want to get across and everything else has to hang off that yes one wonders yes. <laughs> the outcome well yeah I mean intentions everything isn't it <laughs> feedback feedback is essential for that isn't it yes i mean one of my big things is expose myself to more feedback because i always become concerned that every time i'm not letting other people read my work i'm just becoming more and more kind of siloed in yeah this this reads great this is exactly and then you let someone else read it and they go this this is horrible to read the, the style or or you know because I'm writing it so that I can read it and perhaps, you know, I'm not communicating and, and going back to that emotion. Am mm-hmm. I, am I actually capturing that? Um, I know earlier I said that, you know, obviously readers will take their own thing from it, but there is an essential basic communication that you're trying to achieve. And, mm-hmm. and I sometimes worry that I'm going to send it to someone and go, I just couldn't follow it, you know, and you go, Oh, right. I failed at the most basic thing <laughs> in that I've got this idea in my head that I think I've relayed on the page. Oh no, I haven't haven't there's been a breakdown there and that's kind of an essential one mm-hmm. i guess um not you know going back i don't want to be too prescriptive in how you have to do things mm-hmm. um, could i very quickly run through my bits of advice for myself yeah please do please do know what you think. so the first one i came up with was based off reading and all these portrait artists approaches to writing and reading different people's work and stuff like that is make your own rules, make your own rules for yourself. And I think that's really useful just to think about how you're doing things and what works for you. That's, uh, and again, these are for myself. Um, and that applies both to what's on the page uh, and also how you approach the actual, the, the physical, how you're typing or, or writing, writing into your phone, writing onto a notepad, all those different things. Um, so that's basically what I've done, giving myself some rules, some guidance, some advice. Uh, so the first one is um, be completely honest about your 
priorities and your time management mm -hmm. because if you really want to write you'll you'll make the time and that's one something that i had to realize there's more time in the day than you think there is mm -hmm. and if you have to cut out or reduce things that are just a bit unnecessary uh, you can even make a list of your priorities and see where writing see where this creative project whatever it is where it lies on that and the things that are below it do less of i know we've all got you know family friends jobs all these different things that we have to be kind of cognizant of and thinking about as well but the things that are below writing on that list see if you can reduce them and the things that are above writing are they actually more important where does it fit in your priorities mm -hmm. and make that time um and that doesn't I, I follows on to sort of making a kind of sacred space for the writing and i don't mean the perfect desk the perfect lighting the perfect ambience the perfect whatever it is the perfect leather bound notebook or the, you know, the latest matchbook mm. don't need that what i mean by it is symbolically sacred mm. so it's somewhere where you would i guess protect you you protect and you would honor that part of your day that part of you know, no matter what, it's just an essential part of you, um, which comes on to writing every day, even if it's just notes or a diary. I think mm -hmm. that's really helpful. Or just if you can't write it, be thinking about it. For me, I kind of I actually have reminders in my phone. It feels horrible. It feels quite cheap, but and a word count that I try to do each day. But it's just this drumbeat, this drumbeat in my head, writing two hundred words, writing two hundred words, and then uh, and then I'll, I know I'll progress. Um, on the first run of something, try to be instinctive. So stop overthinking it. Just try to be instinctive. Uh, all that other stuff can come when you're redrafting or rereading, mm -hmm. whatever it is. And that's something I'm not good at and I really need to get much better at. Um, be your own teacher. Uh, ask yourself questions, kind of step out yourself, set yourself homework, pester yourself for that stuff. Um, but equally, don't be too hard on yourself. Like you can have these measurable goals, but be realistic in what you can actually achieve. It all takes a hell of a long time and to do all this stuff as we've, we've talked about multiple times and make sure to recognize that progress if you are making it, even if it feels very flimsy or intangible, um, recognize it because it, it's got to feel worth it. All of this has got to feel worth it. The, the words, you know, so I was doing 100 words, then 150 words, then 200 words. It's all incremental. Eventually, I'm trying to focus that into one project. Eventually, I expose myself to feedback. It's all that sort of stuff. And then the final one was, yeah, allow yourself to be inspired and, and curious and surprised. That's really nice. There's something about putting together your own advice for somebody else that I think helps clarify how you do it yourself. Like it helps you learn how to be a better writer in the act of having to distill down what it is that you are doing. Or yeah, and I think it's the got best to work way to do it. Yeah, it's got to work for you. Mm. It, it's, it really has. Like at this point as well, when we have so much else going on, mm. if it was our sole focus, our job, our, our income, oh. everything like that, it'd be different. We know that. But one day, right now, yeah, all of us will get there one day, and then we can make money from telling other people what to do, and then share it with the rest of the podcast. That's right. Yeah, cool. Living the dream. <laughs>